0: Hello, this is the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. I am Nini White, and this episode will be just me sharing thoughts with just you about a deep concern of mine related to kids' social emotional development, something about which I am deeply troubled that could so easily be resolved, but is not, because for whatever reason... Too many parents and early childhood educators underestimate children's innate potential for deep thinking and meaningful conversation. Did you know that according to recent research, only 10% of parents consistently share back-and-forth conversation with their kids? Too few parents and too few teachers are having actual back-and-forth conversation with young kids, conversations that last for a while, that have a progression of ideas, that build on exchanged opinions and thoughts and feelings. What a wasted opportunity, if ever there was one, in terms of bonding, building trust, And also because the brain development that could be happening when back and forth conversations do happen can make all the difference in children's overall well-being, including most definitely the social emotional sides of their lives, their entire lives, well-being. If all we're ever doing is talking to children rather than drawing upon their potential to express themselves with language, then it's almost equal to encouraging them to walk only when they're holding our hands. Conversation with children for real benefits to be achieved needs to be modeled on conversation that we share with anyone of any age, as in person number one introduces a topic, oftentimes maybe with even with an open-ended question, then person number one becomes genuinely and undividedly is that a question, is that a word, receptive to person number two's response, who, after expressing themselves, will ideally, again, become receptive to person number one's next set of thoughts and ideas, and on it can go. A lot of research has been done on this form of interaction with young children, much of it under the very official sounding descriptor of sustained synchronous interaction. In other words, ongoing unfoldment of conversation in which both people are equally engaged rather than one person being a mere passive recipient of isolated bits of information or instructions from another person, which I don't have to tell you is what the majority of adult to kid interactions look like. Let's just take a moment to sit on that concept. Let's think about the physiological effect on the brains of the young ones in our care, of the neuronal pathways being built and fortified with those kinds of mutually respectful, mutually respectful back and forth interactions. Research confirms Without a whisper of a doubt, that young kids who do start out life with consistent back and forth experiences and conversations have intellectual advantages years later. Advantages even over kids who've been exposed to a lot of formal instruction of information that might in the short term show up in high test scores, but whose long term life skills results are far less impressive, far less. Have you heard that before? You probably even know the truth of the fact just based on your own experiences that preschool teaching methods emphasizing child's interact, children's I'm sorry, interactive roles yield much better school achievement in the long term. School achievement and life achievement. Another really important fact that research has revealed is is truly beneficial for kids' social and emotional development is giving kids multiple and consistent opportunities to work together, think together, connect with and communicate with and collaborate others, others of their age and others like us. And we continue to grow and grow as prompters, generators, and stimulators of kids' interactive thinking skills. I know we can. There are so many positive and constructive ways we can guide young children's perspective and values in these back-and-forth conversations. One ultra-important way to do this is to consistently share back-and-forth conversations that point out differences. And to point out the differences are all around us, and they are a normal fact of life to be appreciated, enjoyed, and respected, rather than something to react to with categorizations, labels, stratifications, fear, judgment, mistrust, a sense of otherness. And again, research absolutely confirms that it's up to us to have those conversations for conveying to kids that basic concept that differences are normal and all around us, and to be having those conversations starting from the very earliest ages of kids. Yes, the very earliest ages, even with our littlest ones who are not yet communicating with words but we know that they're highly receptive, so let's do make the most of that fact of their receptivity. Sesame Workshop surveyed over 6,000 parents and teachers of young children and found that when adults don't talk to kids about uncomfortable topics, which are usually conversations about differences, kids often learn exactly what we don't want them to learn, through the influence of biased and judgy thinking that surrounds all of us all the time, can you remember your own earliest experiences when you for, were first starting to notice differences? Whether or not you, whether you do or you don't still have those distant memories, I'm sure that now you're you are noticing how much young kids are noticing all the time. They are noticing skin type and racial groups and hair types and hair colors and hair textures. They're noticing how people pronounce words. They're noticing handicapped people and wheelchairs and crutches. They're noticing wrinkles and older people. They're noticing people's unusual behaviors, how they move, how they stand, how they sit, how their bodies are shaped. They notice scars and deformities. They notice homeless people. They notice panhandlers. What we need to do is, uh, remember Mr. Rogers' beautiful words. He so beautifully put it, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here. He said something like, It is only natural that we find many things hard to talk about, but anything human is mentionable, and anything mentionable is manageable, even though difficult both mentioning and talking about hard things can be done if we are surrounded by love and trust. Surrounded by love and trust. If parents and teachers aren't having conversations around hard things with the children in their care, unless those children attend a school like the one we learned about in episode 96 of this podcast with preschool teachers Brian Silvera and Nadia Haboneta, then we've all just got to accept the fact that the kids in our care will quite probably be exposed to wrong, biased, or judgy information, or incomplete information and opinions about the hard things they witness in the world around them if we've neglected to intentionally Explore those topics with them, with the intention of achieving wiser conclusions. The preschool years are the time to intercept the natural human tendency to categorize people based on physical appearances or behaviors. By having hard discussions, adults are tweaking that judgy tendency and teaching children that differences are normal. And one way to have this conversation is to wonder together what the world would be like if everyone and everything was mostly the same. How would that be? How much fun would that be? How interesting would it be? Why do we think that? In case you haven't already heard me mention this, a big reason I am motivated to share ideas on this podcast is to help us focus on solutions. And not just short-term solutions, but solutions that evolve into long-term solutions for the greatest number of people. Can you imagine what the political dynamics would be in our country, in the world, if people had more openness about, appreciation of, enjoyment of, curiosity, about differences. I think there'd be less reactionary fear and rejection of differences. There'd be less automatic negative judgments. There'd be less resistance to differences. There'd be more interest in differences. Can you imagine that world? The first thing that comes to my mind is how much safer this world would be for so many people who are treated badly because they're different in one way or another. Coming to mind for me right now is the all too uncommon tragedy of mass shootings. People who act out like that are often described as outsiders, having been bullied or not accepted into the mainstream of school life. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to require kids to be best friends with everyone, no matter what, but we do need to reduce the sense of extreme polarity that is so dominant in much of today's societal interactions on school campuses and in the world. A much less extreme outcome, though equally as life-altering, Who do you think would be more likely to be able to sustain deep friendships or even, let's take it a giant step further, who do you think would be more likely to have the mental and emotional foundation to live in a healthy and committed love relationship with a lifelong partner? Children who've had consistent opportunities to exercise the social-emotional skill of back-and-forth, open-minded, open-hearted, mutually respectful communication around hard topics or kids who haven't? Pretty simple answer. Though some kids are born with a natural ability to engage in conversation, to start them, to to follow through a topic and, and go deeper and deeper as the conversation progresses, some kids that skill really does need to be cultured and exercised. And so where to start? With little ones, even infants and toddlers, we can point out differences. We're sorting clean socks when putting away the laundry, different colors, different sizes, different textures, but they're all still socks. While reading picture books, looking through picture books together with the little ones, we can point out different shades of skin, freckles, hairstyles, eye colors, people wearing glasses or not, but they're still all people. They're still all members of the same human race. Green tart apples, red sweet apples, but they're all still apples. Green grapes, purple grapes, but they're all still grapes. They can each make grape, grape juice smiling faces, sad faces, but they're still people. With pre- preschoolers and kindergartners, parents and teachers can notice and talk about, again, while reading picture books, different shades of skin, crackles, hair colors, eye colors, I mean, hair, hairstyles, wearing glasses or not. Again, they're people. They're part of the human race women who wear hijab, and and maybe talk a little bit about why and different people's cultures. There's no rights or wrongs. There's just those differences. Men with beards, men with mustaches, men without, they're all still men. Different body shapes, different heights, foods that people like or dislike, but it's all still food. Different flowers, but all are flowers with the same need for sunshine and water. Very, very different dog breeds, different kinds of cats. And then when bullying or teasing rear their ugly heads, conversations around differences can be continued based on the conclusions that together. been reached in previously shared conversations with the kids which will help children to access their own mindset their own conclusions that they were able to come with come to with you in those prolonged back and forth conversations watching a show or a movie with a four or five year old notice out loud how it's great to see so many different kinds of people not making a big deal out of their differences Then you could ask a simple question, something like, why do you think it's so easy for those people to get along, even though they are so different in some some ways? Then pause. And then really, with all your attention, listen and be ready to learn and see through the eyes of young wisdom and continue the back and forth of the topic for as long as it feels natural and unforced. Sometimes kids will notice a difference when you're out in public with them. And that can be really uncomfortable for you, who, who of us has not been there, and maybe uncomfortable for others too. But how we handle those moments when children point or stare or make unfiltered comments is going to go deep into the kid's psyche. If we have established good communication with the child, with consistent back and forths on a wide range of topics, then hopefully we can speak quietly and directly to the child and say something like, I see what you're talking about and you are so observant. Would it be okay if we talk about that once we've paid for the groceries and we're in the car? Basically establishing that no subject should be off limits and deserves perfect honesty while also communicating that being aware of surroundings is a worthwhile lesson, too. One study reported that only 10% of parents share regular back-and-forth conversation with their kids. If you are a teacher, that is going to make your job so much more challenging because the kids in your care just won't be used to using their thinking and language skills in ways that could be so beneficial in the classroom. And obviously, for the rest of their lives, there are many, many, many ways to help encourage parents with this important, encourage and support parents with this important part of their role. It was something upon which I placed a high priority in my 20 plus years as a classroom teacher. And so you can be sure I'll be returning to this topic. If you have questions or insights to share, please connect with me on Instagram. I so much want this to be a two-way exchange because that's where the riches are. That's where the growth is. So we can all have real optimism about the kids' future, about the world's future. Thank you for being here. See you on Instagram, I hope. Okay, bye.